0: The Book of Galatians. I, I thought I was through my Christmas messages, but I think this one will, will straddle the fence enough. It's it's, it's uh, it's it is a Christmas message, but uh, I believe I can fit it in on New Year's Day. I believe it'd be fitting for this. Look what the Bible says in the Book of Galatians, chapter number four, and in verse number four and verse number five. The Bible says, "But when the fullness of time was come," that's my title, "The Fullness of Time." When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Let's pray together. Father, we're praying and asking for help tonight. Lord, to be fair, I don't feel like preaching, but Lord, I'm asking you, oh God, that you'd help us. And Lord, I know that thy word is a lamp uh, uh, and it's a light and lord i know it's an encouragement and lord i've been before i've been to the place to where uh lord i was too sick to preach and yet lord i've got behind the pulpit and the unction of god has helped us and lord i was glad that i'd been to the house of the lord so lord do that for us tonight help us i pray in christ's name amen amen thank you so much and please be seated Once again, I look at the phrase, the fullness of time, but when the fullness of time was come, imagine that all of eternity passed, led up to this point, all of eternity led up to that Bethlehem night, every bit of it. All of everything that Matthew talked about in, in Matthew 2, everything that Luke talked about in chapters 1 and 2, all led up to that one magnificent night, the fullness of time. When the fullness of time was come. I, if, I, if I can say it this way uh, for 4,000 years of human sin, it all came down to this one one small point in time it was a night like any other night or so everyone thought but little did they know that hark the herald angels would sing they had little did they realize that the calendar would be changed today we flipped over the new calendar they don't talk about it much anymore but they try to they try to uh they name it other things and they call it uh i don't even know what to call it but uh uh, a current era or, or whatever they call it. There's a whole bunch of things they do, but if you if, this morning when we changed our calendars at midnight, we shot off fireworks. We celebrated the advent of the year 2023 and 2023 what? 2023 AD. What does that mean? AD stands for the Latin Anno Domini, which means year of our Lord. The, the 2000th and 23rd year of our Lord. And it's still written like that in doc in legal documents in the year of our Lord, and it gives those dates. That occurred this morning. I want you to understand that it so changed the world, that it so changed the way we count time. Everything changed from that moment to this one. And I want you to understand there's never been anything quite like there's never been an event like it before or since. The 2,000 years since that event, it still all boils down to that time when the fullness of time was come. Now, let me just see if I can just, just, just kind of break this out a little bit. Let's, let's, let's dissect what the scripture is having to say to us. The Bible says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son. Look at this phrase made of a woman. Isn't that interesting? Made of a woman. Now, if you study biology, you understand that uh, typically, uh, in almost every case, uh, the the parentage, uh, the lineage follows the father. Okay, But once again, what was said in the book of Genesis, the promise that was made in Genesis chapter 3, it would be the seed of the woman. It's echoed here, made of a woman without the help of a man. Made of a woman. And so for, for uh, the human race lived for 2,000 years under a, cru- uh, a curse uh, brought on by a lady, Eve, for roughly 2,000 years from, from Adam to Noah. God allowed men to be controlled by conscience, the knowledge of good and evil, uh, and, and the, the, when, once they were rescued from the garden, the, what was the answer? When man was allowed to do that which was right in his own eyes, everybody obeyed their own conscience. What was the answer? God destroyed all of but eight souls uh, with the flood. After the flood, it was the age of government. God put in the sword, if you will. God instituted a magistrate, and you would do right because the law said you would do right. And if you failed to do right, there was a sword that would cause you to do right. And so for that reason, we entered into an age of government. And from Noah to Nimrod, that stood. Uh, but what happened? When, when, when even under the age of the magistrate, what happened? Well, uh, God ended up having to scatter the human race that he had recreated through Noah. He ended up having to scatter them far and wide from Babel because they were building a tower to the heavens. That's the history of the human family. That's how the human family reacted. In other words, God gave them, if you will, I mean, and technically, if you want to go back, I mean, when, when Cain killed his brother Abel, God gave him another chance in Seth. And so there's, there's one chance. Uh, God gave him another chance in Noah, Ham, and Japheth. That was chance number two. And then God gave him a chance uh, beyond that. And, and, and what, did it, what did it what happened? What happened? Well, the scattering at Babylon. And so that tells us something about the human family. The Bible says, made of a woman. But I want to look at that next phrase in in the book of Galatians, chapter number 4, verse number 4. The Bible says, made of a woman. Look at the phrase, made under the law. Well, so we've dealt with the human family. We know where that got us. God, in His best uh, that he, I mean, the best that God had to offer. He instituted a couple of different plans uh, to let the man, mankind work it out. But because of his deprived nature, man made a mess of it. And God said, fine, we'll set aside the human family and I will raise up the Hebrew family. The Bible says made under the law. And so I want you to understand that the human race... I uh, lived for 2,000 years under a curse brought by a lady, under the curse of the law. Because that, again, that, that sin, uh, that curse of sin was brought on by, by the lady. And as a result of that, mankind lived for these 2,000 years under the law uh, and under a curse brought by the law. And uh, God broke in again. And uh, so then, then, you know, and, and that's when God brought in Abraham. So for, two, for these almost 2,000 years that God dealt with mankind uh, because of the sin brought on by a lady, and then God stepped forward, Abraham stepped forward. And now the age of promise began, and it began with, of course, the patriarchal family. Uh, it goes off down into Egypt, and of course, uh, they, into slavery, and they begin to compromise with Egypt's government and Egypt's gods. And we find the, of course, the ruin of the Hebrew nation. Israel was liberated uh, by uh, from all those things that they were, they were oppressed with. God gave them the law. Uh, but in the law there were there were there were the codes to live by, that but there were curses if you failed to live by those codes. The human family had failed. Well, God gave the Hebrew family the law, and the law was perfect. God said, if you want to live perfect before me, here's how you do it. And I want you to understand that the Hebrew family failed. The the history of the children of Israel under the law, it was a long and dark history. Apostasy, immorality, the days of the judges, They had a little bit of awakening under Samuel, but they failed under King Saul. There was hope under David, but then Solomon brought down the judgment of God upon the nation. The kingdom was divided. The northern tribes, they're carried off by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom of Judah, they were left a little longer, but ultimately they went into captivity. Seventy years, God gave the Jews another chance. The nation was reborn. They got off to a good start. But God took His hand off of them and let them, left them to their own devices. And in 400 years of silence, decline set in, and formalism took the place uh, and formalism and ritualism took the place of reality. And so when the New Testament opens, we find the Jewish religion bankrupt. We find Sadducees, Pharisees, Herodians, uh, we find the synagogues, and we find all of this stuff, and they are basically giving lip service to God, and there is cold, and there is far from God. He said, with your lips you confess me, but with your heart you deny me, and the scripture says, when the fullness of time will Understand that Judaism was a dead religion by the time that Christ came. It was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. The tale of two cities starts out with a line, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Well, can I tell you the same thing was true in the time that Galatians talks about. It was the worst of times in that religion was, the the Judaism, Uh, The Jewish religion was dead. Judaism is dead. People don't know God. There's only a handful left that know Him in in the reality. Outside of religious rite and ritual form and ceremony, tradition and crushing legalism. In the 400 years of absence from from God, something had come up that we didn't even have. The the Torah was, was the Old Testament. The, the books, the 39 books of the Old Testament, they were arranged differently in the Hebrew Bible, but they were the same books, same as ours, the Masoretic text, just like ours, but they were arranged differently. But it, in, in 400 years of silence from God, when the New Testament opens, they have something now that's called, uh, we have, the Torah was the law, but now they have the Talmud. The Talmud is a is a section of, rabbinical writings and rabbi so-and-so said that he thought that it meant this and rabbi so-and-so said he thought it meant that and in comparison if this if this bible if i were to part this bible uh, at the at the beginning of the new testament it's right here that's how much of my bible that's that would be everything that god had said to man up until that time that was it You're looking at it. That's the Old Testament. Well, take that now and compare that to a set of encyclopedias sitting on this platform. That's what man's law was. That's what the Talmud had consisted of. It was a huge, huge collection that would fill a set of encyclopedias if printed in modern day. That was what had taken the place of the Torah, and they were more concerned about what the Talmud said than what the Torah said. And by the way, the Lord Jesus, He never, ever violated the Torah, never once, not in any jot nor tittle, but He routinely violated the Talmud because it was man's law, and that's what they were upset about. They accused Him of being a lawbreaker because they couldn't distinguish the difference between the two, man's law and God's law, and they had gotten mixed in the process. And they actually hailed the writings of the Talmud as being greater authority than the writings of the Torah, because Rabbi so-and-so said that it was this way. And so there you go. It sounds like the commentators in our time. I know people that if a commentator said it, it don't matter if he said there was, you know, uh, vampires on Mars, it wouldn't matter. Uh, if, If a commentator thought it, son, they'd believe it. I mean, a hook, line, and sinker, and it beats anything I've ever seen, and there's great error in it, and there are people that people have followed in our lifetime. There are men that people have followed. Hey, as long as you carry King James Bible, you can have all the wives you want to, as long as you carry King King James Bible. Oh, I believe the Bible. Well, they believe what's on the outside, it says Holy Bible. They just don't believe what's on the inside. They just don't believe the inside of it. They just believe the outside. I want to tell you, a Catholic believes the outside. A Catholic believes it's a holy Bible. A Catholic reveres the Bible. They have got no clue what's in it, but they revere it on the outside. This crowd coming out of Florida is about the same outfit. They have no, con- they have no concept of what's in that book, because if they did, it would affect their lives, and it would change their opinions on some things. Uh, it, it's it's error. It's heresy. And so we, we saw it then. We see it now. And so God dealt with... The, uh, with the human family, uh, the Bible says made of a woman, and then God dealt with the heavenly family, uh, the Bible says uh, under the law, or excuse me, the, the Hebrew family under the law, but then I want to move, if I can, to what the scripture says in verse number 4, once again, Galatians 4:4. but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Enter a brand new concept. And this was the reason He came. The reason the angels got excited that night was exactly because of this statement. He came to redeem us. The human family had run amok the Hebrew family had run aground. but oh, happy day! God was going to bring about a heavenly family. Uh, the Bible says that He might receive the adoption of sons. Look what the Bible says uh, there in, in Galatians chapter number four, verse number five, to redeem them uh, that were under the law. So Christ redeemed us from both the curse that was inherited in the fall. And then He also redeemed us, this: and not only in the curse that was in the fall, uh, that we inherited in the fall, but Christ also redeemed us from the curse uh, that was uh, in, in, inherent in the law. In other words, no one could keep the law, so therefore the curses of the law applied to mankind, because we couldn't keep it. And so, as a result of that, Christ came to redeem us twofold from the inherited fall that, that we fell uh, in, in Adam, but also to redeem us from the law uh, that uh, we were shown how to live perfect and how to be perfect how, through the Old Testament law, and yet we could not, and we would not, and we did not. And so, the world was morally and spiritually bankrupt at the time appointed. On that Bethlehem night, hallelujah, there was never a time that the world was in worse shape than it was at that very moment. Reminds me a whole lot of the day we live in, don't you? Somebody said, when is the Lord Jesus coming? I believe I can answer that. I believe I've got an answer. In the fullness of time, friend, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. That's right. In the fullness of time. It just ain't time. But in the fullness of time, he's a coming. The, the, when it came to man's need for redemption, the law was bankrupt. The blood of goats and bulls could not remove the stain of sin on a man's life. The blood of bulls and goats could not loose the chain of sin that was on a man's life. Couldn't do either one of those. The blood of bulls and goats was just paying the interest on the debt. It was to keep God from calling the debt, if you will. It was to keep God from calling the debt due. And it just kicked the can down the road. Every time they would offer the blood of a bull and a goat, it just kicked the can down the road. Somebody know, what's, what's that? T- what do you mean, kick the can? That means you're not, you didn't pick it up, you just kick it. You, in other words, nothing's done about it. I know a lot of people doing that. A lot of people right now are kiting credit cards. They're taking one credit card and, and getting money to pay the other credit card. And they keep kiting credit cards back and forth. It's a Ponzi scheme, you know. But, Probably you can do that for a little while. You just can't keep doing that. Eventually, you've got to pay the piper, friend. And by the way, things are not looking good financially. And it seems that America has agreed that 2023 is the year of correction. And can I say this? Whether it is or not, if everybody thinks it is, it's going to be. Because if everybody stops, stops investing, stops traveling, stops spending, and everybody pulls back and holds on to see what's fixing to take place, it's, it, it is self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, we've been on a course like, I mean, and by the way, let me just put a political plug in. You're enjoying the Trump economy in spite of COVID. It's still the Trump economy. It took it two years for it to get full speed. I was listening to a report yesterday. The feds are saying that the the unemployment's way too low. They want to see the unemployment rise to 4.8%. That's what they're pushing for. They're going to raise interest rates till unemployment rises to 4.8%. And they feel like that's a getting off place and that they'll stop raising interest. And they're actually saying that. That they want 4.8 percent of the American people to be out of work, and that's a good thing for the economy. We're in a mess. We're in a big mess. The market lost eight lost. The market lost as of last night midnight, the, law, the, the market had a worst year since 2008. It has not had a worse year since the year 2008. And that includes 2020. It includes 2020. We had a worst year this year under Biden than we have since 2008. That's not Republican facts, Democrat facts. That's just facts. It's just facts. And things are upside down. Sure would be a good year for the Lord to come, wouldn't it? I think about what the angel told in Matthew chapter number 1. The scripture says that Joseph is contemplating these things, what's taking place. The angel of the Lord said to Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. And the Bible says, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation, for he shall save his people from their sins. Hebrews 9, 28 says, Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. This may very well be the year the Lord comes. We may leave this old earth from 2023. Very very well could be. And you say, well, preacher, what if he doesn't come this year? We'll know it wasn't the fullness of time, won't we? We'll know it wasn't time. Because the Bible says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I want you to understand that I don't believe you can make too big a deal out of the biggest deal that ever happened. I just don't believe you can make too big a deal out of it. And I, for one, am sorry it's over. I am. I just don't feel like I got to preach enough on the Christmas story. I just don't feel like there's enough, enough Sundays and Wednesdays. I just don't feel like I, I, just, I feel, I feel shorted. I just don't feel like there's enough. So next year, I'm going to and tell you now. Next year, I'm going to start preaching Christmas Labor Day, okay? And I'm going to, and uh, I'll see if I can get part of it in, all right? And so Labor Day, we're going to start, and then we'll, thought about moving Christmas back. Let me tell you something. We preach the Christmas story every day of the year. 52 weeks a year, we preach that Christ came to the earth to redeem sinners. That's the story, man. And thank God in the fullness of time. I don't know what time it is on God's clock. I don't know what time it is on the prophetic clock of God, but I'd say it's getting close to midnight. Not sure exactly what time it is. But I don't think we've ever lived in a more bankrupt time spiritually, physically, financially and all the rest than we, have, than we are right now. And I don't know how dark it's going to get before the Lord comes. But I want to be ready to stand before Him. I don't want to stand at the judgment seat and watch people that I could have witnessed to be sentenced to eternal damnation. May God help us to make full the time that we have and to this time next year be able to say, praise God, we did what we could in the year 2023. Let's bow our heads together.